Okay, Gogo, this is Jiejie Yang Yang. Hello, guys. Gogo, um. Hello. Hello. Hi, my name is Yang Yang. What's your name? Hi, I'm I'm Philip, and and I'm Laura. Liu and Laura. <laughs> Philip Liu Chuhan and his sister Laura Liu Chuhan are seven and five years old. Philip is a Grade One student at Catholic Mission School in Hong Kong, and Laura is in her last year of kindergarten. They've been taking classes from home、mm. since January. I've been home and just trying to see you. That was a long time. Do you understand why you're staying at home? It's because of the virus. Right. What will happen if you go out? Then I'll be sick. Right. Hong Kong government ordered all schools shut until at least April the twentieth due to the widespread of COVID nineteen. As of today, April the first, more than one billion learners worldwide are now being affected by school and university closures, which accounts for ninety percent of the total enrolled learners, according to the United Nations. Ah,、uh, I'm the I'm I'm at home at school and home. At home, I also learn. At school, I also learn. Do you miss going to school? Yes, I want to go to school because I want to meet my friends.、Oh. I miss. I miss, I miss my teachers and my friends. I hope you will see them soon. In China, at least 260 million students and 15 million teachers had to migrate their entire offline learning and teaching activities online, one way or another. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on China's education system is so big that China has postponed its notoriously difficult college entrance exam by one month, marking the first time in over 40 years that exam had been postponed nationwide. Last time it was cancelled during the Cultural Revolution. Online educational centers, applications, and tools have seen a surge in demand. National curriculum classes are also being recorded by expert teachers across all grade levels, and are broadcast on TV for everyone for free. This is perhaps for the first time ever that all students, rich and poor, urban and rural, have equal access to classes with the most experienced and best trained teachers. So, on this episode, we talked to people who are in the situation for months now and asked, "How did it go?" The efficiency of the time that we spend teaching online is not the same. We don't get the same bang for our buck in terms of time when we're actually in a classroom. What technologies does it take to host the world's largest education system online? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big question you just asked.、Um, so I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> and and with all the kids studying from home, how are working parents managing it? You know, I don't know if all parents are managing it. Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> I think, yeah, I've, I've talked to this.、Uh, And finally, does it mean we're closer to educational equality in China? Welcome to Inside China Tech. I'm your producer Yang Yang. We'll be right back. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights into what matters. <laughs> Work for us because we are nine nine six. Are you okay? 大家好，我是乐天一。I studied Alibaba nineteen ninety nine in my apartment. What's your problem? Speed and data, and that's where China comes in. As the number of new infections recorded drops sharply in China, restrictions are being eased across the country. 
traffic has begun to return, more people are seen on the streets. Airports are beginning to get back towards regular domestic capacity. Life seems to be getting back to normal in China, but the majority of schools remain to be closed, with a few exceptions in areas at "quote unquote" a low risk of infection, including provinces like Tibet, Guizhou, Qinghai, and Xinjiang. The Ministry of Education has ordered public schools across China to suspend the spring semester, which usually starts in February. They also released a new initiative called "Tingke Bu Tingxue." Which means stop classes but don't stop learning. While schools are not required to hold online classes, they're encouraged to do so. Therefore, traditional brick and mortar schools find themselves stumbling into new territories. If you're new to online learning and and you're forced into it because of the virus or some other situation, your best solution is to grab some software that exists already. This is Chris Kimmel. I'm executive vice president and studio manager of EdTech. Shanghai for EF Education First. EF is a privately held international education company, and they have been in China for more than twenty years. They are among the firsts to launch online learning. Chris is telling me the technologies at schools' disposal in a situation like this. Let me go back to the easiest. If you want to do broadcast learning, where you just create a pre-recorded video and share it, you can use things like YouTube or or other、uh, platforms inside of China, like Douyin. Douyin, if I say that, did I say that right? Douyin. Douyin. That's TikTok's Chinese version. Yeah,、uh, or other platforms to just record yourself and broadcast it. That's not as interesting for students to have a have a to watch a video of somebody teaching. So much better is the interactive online experience, and that is something you can grab things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or TalkCloud is a solution inside of China. Or Class In is another solution. These are off-the-shelf software as a service platforms that you can buy and license and get up and running quite quickly. And typically, you would use your laptop, a laptop with a built-in camera,、uh, as a teacher, and you share a link with your students,、uh, and you can just go and start running. And that's just to get started. In a virtual classroom, teachers need to learn new skills and think about questions they never thought before to engage the students. All the teachers out there in the world, you have to think about how do you present yourself on the camera? Do you have a good lighting setup in your situation? Do you have all your notes available to you?、Um, do you have the ability to talk and interact with your students while you're presenting? This has caused some chaos in the classrooms in China at first, when teachers were trying their best to adapt to this new norm. For example, some teachers forgot to turn off their camera when they went smoking. Some forgot to turn on their microphone for the entire class. Some, like this teacher, who went viral later online, unintentionally turned on a makeup filter for his online streaming class and lost his cool when his wife interrupted his speech to the class held in the living room. He's saying, "Stop talking! The whole class heard you." Our school and every other school in China has been trying to maintain some level of of learning,、uh, like what we've you know we had before the outbreak, but it's been really hard. Francis Miller shares the same frustration. My name is Francis Miller, and I'm working as the director of college counseling at Xi'an Tie High School in Shanxi Province in China. Francis teaches English for the international program at his high school. When they first started to migrate classes online. Many teachers found it a mission impossible. 
Um, we've been using a platform called Tencent Meeting uh, mm. to hold classes. So when we first started using Tencent Meeting, it was only in Chinese. Uh, since then, actually, they've released bilingual version, which is right. really nice. Uh, but that's only happened like you know, recently, right? <laughs> since the outbreak. So when we first started off, uh, I and another colleague actually had to help the rest of our teaching team learn how to use this platform because, you know, if, if you don't read any Chinese, it's really it's just impossible. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it was the same for other platforms too,、uh, like Ding Talk. Alibaba's Ding Talk and Tencent's Tencent Meeting are two of the most popular free software used by educators and students for online learning in China. By the way, Alibaba is the parent company of the South China Morning Post. And according to a recent interview with Chen Han, Ding Talk CEO, half of the nation's students, which is about 120 million, are studying on Ding Talk. But however advanced the technology gets, there are always human issues. So anything that you have in a normal classroom, like any problems that you have with students,、uh, discipline or or classroom management as a teacher, all of those problems will kind of be magnified or or distorted in some way when you take. Your classes online, so a lot of other teachers have have said the same thing. It's like, you know, they'll have students log into a class, and sometimes, unless you know, you're able to have the students,、uh, you know, start their video feed, and they they're able to have、uh, that kind of live face to face presence in your online meeting. You really don't know if the students there or not. <laughs>、um, you know, a lot of students log in and just walk away from their computer. Or you know maybe their parents bring them some fruit, or、uh, you know the student when you call on them in class they take a while to turn on their microphone,、uh, right. or you know it's just it's like a educational term we call leverage.、Uh, it's like how much time you spend teaching and how much students actually learn using that time, and our leverage overall has gone down. The efficiency of the time that we spend teaching online is not the same. We don't get the same bang for our buck in terms of time when we're actually in a classroom. Being able to hold students accountable online is just way harder than in a physical classroom. That's been really challenging for teachers and really frustrating. <laughs> right, and right now that responsibility does not only fall on teachers' shoulders; it kind of is transferred to parents, right? Because they're、Absolutely. the ones who are with the kids.、Um, so how are they managing this? You know, I don't know if all parents are managing it. Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> think, yeah, I've, I've talked to some of my colleagues, and I think a lot of parents they've never had to manage,、uh, you know, taking care of their household, and then also taking care of their entire their kids' entire daily lesson plan, and like making sure their student is disciplined during learning time, which is all day, right? Right. <laughs> so, keep, keeping their kids from playing games, or making sure that they do the physical education, the indoor physical education during the school day. Yeah, yeah, it even includes like you know the daily eye massage exercises that students do in in Chinese public schools. A lot of parents just are not used to、uh, having to hold their kids accountable for all of these activities. You know, showing up on time, participating. And completing the homework for classes, so it's absolutely been really difficult for parents. Yes, parents have now basically become full-time teaching assistants, and they're struggling. But at least most households seem to be facing the same challenges. 
Across China, national curriculum classes are being recorded with some of the most experienced and veteran teachers, and are broadcast on TV free for everyone.、Um, as part of the、uh, Shanxi Education Bureau's initiative to, you know, to stop classes but not stop learning,、um, they have launched this TV programming for students,、uh, mostly for the benefit of students who are not in Xi'an, who are kind of in more rural areas, and、mm-hmm. so. Uh, they have created a curriculum that's being broadcast on television.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being taught by some of the most experienced and veteran teachers in Shanxi Province.、Um, so it's, it's it's kind of trying to make a way. In a way, it's it's providing accessibility to classes and to、uh, outstanding teachers、um, for students who are otherwise not able to go to school or who maybe they're, they're stuck in the outside of Xi'an. Um, right. They're not able to get back because of the quarantine restrictions, right?、Uh, or maybe they don't have a smartphone or a computer at home. But I think most villages, most homes in rural parts of Shanxi have at least a television. So it's been a way to try to include、uh, some of those students who are outside of Xi'an. In February, the Ministry of Education launched a national internet cloud classroom, providing a full range of teaching materials and courses for students from primary school to high school. Higher education institutions are also sharing their classes with the public online. Top universities such as Tsinghua University and Peking University, basically China's equivalent of Harvard, are live streaming some of their classes on Douyin, China's TikTok. Which have received tens of millions of views and attracted audiences who can fill up all the classrooms on Tsinghua's campus for 600 times. Technically, it looks like for the first time ever, all students in China, rich and poor, urban and rural, have equal access to educational resources that were infamously unevenly distributed before. So, has COVID-19 truly democratized education in China? So the question: Are we actually closer to educational equality in China?、Uh, probably not.、Um, there are lots of factors that affect education.、Uh, so it could be, you know, the students' families' finances, or you know, a school's own resources, whether it's equipment or the teacher quality and experience level,、um, and so forth.、Uh, but now that you know, we have the, this outbreak. It's decreased the number of factors, right? So school resources are less of a factor now, and it's more. It's but how you know. On the other hand, it's also increased the impact of family resource and、mm-hmm. um, support.、Uh, it's it's increased that、uh, impact on a student's education and achievement level. So I think on the one hand, it's lessened those factors that affect education, but the few factors that it do exist. Uh, are having、right. an outsized impact. So,、right. you know, the students whose families are wealthier, who have better internet access and learn, you know,、uh, technology and equipment, they will have a better online learning experience, and they'll probably have better educational outcomes. Right. For now. In China, many parents cannot afford to buy multiple devices for themselves and their children. According to government statistics. Between 56 million and 80 million people in China reported lacking either an internet connection or a web-enabled device in 2018. I don't really like to speculate too much, but I think it's you know, it's relatively safe to say that you know, without access to to classroom learning, 
you know, it's really going to exacerbate the inequality that already exists. The students who are wealthier will, will have been able to take advantage of, of more learning resources in this time, whereas students who are not as wealthy will, will not have been able to. Private education companies like EEF are ready to fill the gap where the public school's online education is falling short of. Yes. Yeah, so over the three weeks starting with the beginning of Chinese New Year, we worked really hard to get 150,000 of our students in China online. So it was in the third week we were up and running and moving those students online. And after the outbreak, we were adding up to 10,000 students per day. Wow, that's on average. That's right. With more people sitting at home with nothing much to do, education companies like EF are offering free classes to entice people to learn something new in the hope of converting them to long-time users along the way. And in China alone, we made a commitment to provide 200 million RMB worth of free learning tools to both our existing students and general public. And there's been quite an interest in that opportunity we've given them. And because of the 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 up take uh, the uptick we saw in China with people being interested in these online courses that we've rolled it out recently in Italy. Uh, we're looking at Brazil and in other places to do something similar. So are these temporary users going to be kept after the crisis is over? We don't know. But Chris is quite confident in the market growth despite all the challenges. Education is super important to Chinese people all over and throughout China. And so um, there is a fantastic market here. There's a thirst for more education from, from Chinese citizens, whether they're parents who want the best for their kids or to adults who want to learn something new. That's not going to change because the virus has been here. It's more about how are they going to learn? Which ways are they going to learn? And I think that is, as, as an education company, that's what we constantly evaluate the, what we've already had in the marketplace, what we've done by taking everything online, what we've done by offering new free programs to people, all those things are going to come together and, and we're going to continue to invest in China because we think overall the growth of education in China still continues to grow. Despite its rapid growth during the pandemic, online learning is unlikely to dominate the education market. E-learning in general, I think it's really exposed the limitations of the software and technology that we have available. It's made it clear that it's possible to continue learning online. Mm-hmm. However, it's just it's also very clear that it's not a replacement for in in-person classes in school. Or this, Philip probably knew it already. I like school. What do you like about it? Sports, I miss my playground. Math and PE. PE English. That's it for today's show. I'm the producer, editor, sound designer for this episode. If you have any questions or pitches for future episodes for me, feel free to send me an email at yang.yang at smp.com. And if you want to know more about China's response to the coronavirus pandemic, catch our CEO Gary Liu on the TED Talks daily podcast. For more stories about China tech, head to smp.com slash tech. If you enjoy this podcast, do rate us on iTunes or subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, basically wherever you listen to your pod. All right, stay safe, guys. See you next time. Bye.